Patriot Show. Uh, today I'm very excited to have on uh, John Bryson. I've had him on. Uh, you've been on twice. I know you've I think been twice. On, yeah. yeah, I think you've been on twice here. Have you been on the Occult Rejects? I'm sorry, it's been so long. once. Yes, I think. All right, so he's been on a few of our shows. Um, always a pleasure to have on. And whenever I have him on, uh, if I'm having him on for a topic, I know that the guy knows probably way too much anyway. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if I'm bringing him on for the topic, it's because he has extensive research on it, and I love hearing all of it. Um, so I, I can't be more excited to have him on. And, John, if you want, um, just let everybody know where they can find your stuff in your own stuff. Yeah, you can find me, uh, Weave underscore Red, on Twitter. We've read the documents on Odyssey. Uh, and my sub stack, just type in, we've read the documents. I'm currently writing a book on a finders. I've been investigating the finders operation for more than three, I'd say four years, four or five years at this point. Uh, and I brought forth documents that nobody has brought forth. I do want to give a shout out to Derek bros. He did a lot of good research, uh, on the finders operation as well and put out a doc, excellent documentary. He will find find what the finders hide. Uh, and, um, also interviewed, uh, Robert Gardner Terrell Jr. Toby Terrell uh, twice um, and so I want to thank him for all his work that he's done investigating the finders as well oh nice Damn. so yeah I I, uh, I have you on for the finders and uh, you know like I had was talking to you before when I was covering uh, the finders with uh, the occult rejects um, there was just I don't know what it was I guess maybe it's just me sometimes when like I'll come across little names here and there I'll be like, well, wait, you never went back to that person, even though it may not have seemed like it was that important. And there was uh, Reverend Jim Weicker and Carl yep. Shapley that I remember were just like mentioned about like what they're, where they were going and people that they were associated with, but like then just nothing else again. And I had that in the back of my mind and I wanted to just recheck them as we were going along in the series. And I started to look into them and I was like, hmm, this is pretty interesting. And then, like I said, I ended up coming across something that you had posted and I was like, damn, like you and one, only one other source that I had actually seen. I'm sure maybe there's others, but no, no, no one that it I was, really, it was primarily only me. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but <laughs> I really only think it was just you and George that ever mentioned Carl Shapley before. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yo, I'm like, this dude has like some really interesting, even, even Jim Wanker or his oh, wife yeah. or his wife. Very interesting people. Well, I mean, I, I like, learned nobody... stuff from Weicker that I didn't even know that I got to add to my book, and I'm actually going to, you know, I'm going to give you credit for it, obviously, that I, I didn't even know. Um, you would give me some background, because it's impossible to research everything, right? So the background on the Weikers themselves, you had mentioned stuff in the Excellence podcast series uh, that you did in the Call Rejects that I, that I you know, I, I, I myself didn't even know. Uh, you know, um, wow. so, you well, know, a lot impressive. of it was some of the, wow. was some of the background <laughs> on the Wikers <laughs> that I couldn't, that I couldn't find myself, uh, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, um, about Wiker, uh, you know, uh, about the new hope community that they were building. Um, I had found, now I found this, interestingly enough, I found, um, let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Um, I found when I was researching Mildred, Mildred Loomis in the School of the Living, 
uh, you know, uh, Jim Weicker was associated with uh, the School of the Living and was a, a member of uh, Ralph Brody's uh, group for, for decades. Um, and I had found a, um, a, uh, the groundbreaking ceremony uh, for the New Hope community, an actual itinerary where Marion Petty oh, uh, was the uh, last uh, uh, speaker. It was the what they call the past, present, and future of the um, of the uh, of uh, of the School of the Living, which was supposed to to move to New Hope, uh, but never happened. Um, and uh, it says Marion Petty um, speaks at one thirty. Uh, with uh, creative decision making, uh, with uh, Jim Weicker, co coordinator of uh, the um, School of the Living uh, New Hope project, uh, with uh, Marion Petty, which Marion Petty's speech was titled, you know, with Jim Weicker, The Past, Present, and the Future. And it says Marion Petty Finders, Washington, D.C., on the itinerary, uh, uh, with uh, discussing uh, the School of Living and the uh, future of the proposed New Hope community that never, now this is before the 1987 Tallahassee incident, obviously, uh, but, you know, so that never came into fruition. Uh, but, you know, this is something that they, they, they had been planning and planning for, 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 for almost about more than, almost more than a decade. And, and what um, was that again? Sorry to ask you, but was it like a retirement hmm? home? Like what was that whole New Hope thing again? Well, I that's what to. they claim in the papers, right? But if it was where the school of the li- school of living was supposed to, 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 to be, um, uh, kind of to, 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 to be moved to the school of the living was kind of like, a, um, off grid, um, communitarian, um, so like one of those pod schools, counterculture kind of, kind of like uh, group, right? People living off the grid, you know. So it's like a com- commune, um, and so that's what was supposed to be there with New Hope was a school of living uh, was going to move uh, from New York uh, to um, to uh, Weicker. It was supposed to be like a combination of all that, uh, which was what New Hope was supposed to be. And New Hope, if I remember correctly, was around Berea, Kentucky. Um, and it never it never happened. Yeah, that's where they said they were he- heading to, too, also, right? Berea, Kentucky. That is correct, yes. In January, the fighters <laughs> operation visited uh, Weicker, which I also found, too, that appeared that Toby Terrell may or may have not have been the bookkeeper for Weicker and may or not have been the bookkeeper for New Hope. Because we have to remember that after um, Toby Terrell, which I haven't been able to find a lot of his parents. If you could help me with that, I'd be very interested to see if I can, because I'm having, and even George and I were just, we're striking, we're striking nothing. Um, But uh, outside of what Toby wrote in the book, the game caller about the finders. Right. But, but um, you know, I found his, 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 um, his college yearbooks, you know, he graduated uh, out of Florida uh, and uh, immediately went to go work almost for the uh, United States internal revenue service. And so he learned a lot about finance, learned a lot about bookkeeping. For his time that he worked for the IRS before he moved on to the finders operation, sometime Didn't during Isabella the Isabella Petty worked for them 70s. too. Sorry to interrupt. Huh? You. Didn't Isabella Petty also work for the IRS too? No, she worked for the CIA. Oh, okay, all right. She was Sorry. a secretary for the CIA. All right. I thought there was somebody with the name of Petty that came up as being associated with the IRS and the FBI. Though. To my knowledge, no, but okay. but um, Terrell did work for the IRS. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and he um, maybe it's him, he was a, he was a bookkeeper for the New Hope Project too, as well. Which I believe, and I wrote about it in my in my blog, um, that a lot, you know, the New Hope community. Uh, and where the school of living was moved to, that was being funded by the finders to some degree, to some capacity. So, oh. 
Yeah, I think because the way it sounded like to me, I thought they were like going or trying to build really a commune. And didn't they already have one too? Technically, was Multiple that in Virginia? Well, <laughs> you know, I thought they had like another site somewhere after they raided the warehouse. They did go to like something that almost was like a commune type, right? Well, they went down to Florida. Um, I mean, there's multiple places where they had these setups. Or well, did uh, Wiker maybe own property? Or I, I'm, for some reason, I'm, I'm thinking that one of them already had <sighs> property that was almost like kind of already good to go for a cult. That might have been something that I don't know. That that okay. I'd, I'd love to see that because um, I do know that. Um, I do, I do know that, that, that New Hope was abandoned after the 1987 Tallahassee incident and it ended up uh, not being turned into anything uh, in Bria, Kentucky, the land for that. The School of Living did not move there. Um, and, um, I mean, there were numerous – I mean, you know, my belief about the the, um, the finders, uh, one of the main uh, objectives of the group was to be a steering um, – mechanism for the United States Central Intelligence Agency or the United States government or the elite to kind of uh, manipulate the counterculture movement, uh, which I think was probably AstroTurf from the very beginning, right? But it was to 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 to, to destroy any type of um, grassroots counterculture movement, you know, or, you know, or any questioning of the government or anything like that or living off the land, you know, uh, into whatever they wanted it to be, right? Mm. I don't know if you look at it the same way, but that's no, how I no, no, it. no, and I, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. I think it's the CIA does that a lot. Exactly what you just said, you know, like have has repeatedly tried to. Uh, it's hard to explain, but I do think like kind of like hippie or a certain like liberalism. I think is like mm-hmm. unnaturally. Uh, made up for people to run with. It's hard to explain what I'm getting at. Well, I mean, it's the Tea Party was founded by the Council for National Policy, Mark Meckler and uh, Ginny Beth Martin, the Tea Party Patriots. Uh, so, you know, I mean, they got to come in on the right or the left at both angles, you know. Um, but it's interesting that the left tries to signal in a lot of ways, the progressive movement tries to signal that they're like anti-establishment, right? Well, I mean, at least back then, not now. It's kind of flipped a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I, it's just, it's just, but yeah, I, they, there's a lot of infiltration back then, you know, with the counterculture movement. Um, and a lot of it done, was done by, you know, Marion Petty had a hand in a lot of it. Um, and he was doing it at the behest of the Central Intelligence Agency. Now, what do you think was, like, so, because then I have another question, too. So, like, what do you think Jim, like, why was Jim even involved? Like, what do you think he was, like, gaining out of it or his part? Or do you think he was part of just, like, working with the CIA? Do you think he was just kind of, like, weird and just associated with this cult and thinking he was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if Jim, like, direct, like, I don't know if Jim was a useful idiot. Yes. Just and just a, wanted money just, and fame yeah. or if he genuinely believed in, because it's interesting, like he's supposedly a Protestant minister, right? But he's not actually, when you listen to anything that is, you know, he's put forth, he's more of a Unitarian Universalist uh, or even a cultist in a lot of ways, but he's masquerading as a Protestant minister, you know? So there's that kind of like that aspect too, right? And he's a Christian that immediately throws off red flags. I'm like, wait a minute, these two don't, these two don't go together, you know? So, you know, he's acting like he's a, you know, they like they, the way they try to frame him, even in the news articles, is he's like a Protestant minister, right? Like he's Reverend Jim Weicker, right? But then, you know, when you see what he's involved with the School of the Living and you see what he's involved with the Finders, it's like, well, no, wait a minute. No, he's like a, a communitarian, Unitarian Universalist, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, 
there's that aspect as well. Uh, you know, so I, with Weicker, I'll give him a little bit of benefit of doubt unless you, if you, unless you got anything otherwise, I'll definitely take an eye. No, no, that's why I was asking you because honestly, I found his wife, I thought was maybe a little bit more interesting in herself. True. Yes. With what you, you, with her infiltrating. She was everywhere. Bible (laughs) group was all over the place, right? Yeah, I know. It was crazy. And, and and that's why I was, you know, (laughs) I was excited because I had never came across that myself. Um, you know, I never actually looked at his wife. I just had pay attention to, to him. Um, and, and, and Miss Weicker, like you had mentioned, like when you were talking, you know, guys talked about in the podcast, it was like, um, um, she was even mentioned in like Eleanor Roosevelt's diaries. Yeah. It was just weird stuff like everywhere, you know, for someone I've never even heard of, you know, like, I mean, I never heard of the Reverend Jim Weicker before I started looking into the finders. Right. But like his wife, on the other hand, you thought I would have right. Or somewhere around the line, but no, you know, so that, that's very odd. Uh, if any, if anybody was connected to the government, I would say it would be more her than it would be him. That's what I was wondering so. too. Yeah, very. I think that yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic that couple. I think. Yeah, because like yeah, the one who's like so. directly tied or like the face directly tied to being associated with the finders is not as interesting as the person who isn't that he's married to. You know, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like Jim Weicker was actually kind of boring and just you know, uh, seemed. I mean, he. For all I know, maybe he did believe in his humanitarian, uh, you oh, know, no. kind of new age, you, you know, universal Unitarian beliefs, maybe, you know, I mean, I think Marion Petty um, kind of tried to do an inverse Paul, you know, where the Apostle Paul was, you know, Gentile to the Gentiles and a Jew to the Jew, right? But with, with Marion Petty, it was like, I'll be anybody, anything, any, any, anyone, anybody wants me to be as long as I achieve what I want, which is a very kind of levee Satanist, type outlook on life you know mm. so I, my guess is is that's that you know petty was nefarious obviously weicker i mean he could have been i don't have any evidence that he was his wife's a little bit more suspect uh but i think weicker probably either just wanted money fame recognition which most people do or he had those beliefs and he really thought he was benefiting humanity and he really wasn't he yoked yeah. up with some really bad people you know so yeah, yeah no I can agree with that. <laughs> it's well said. And then now I, I'm trying. It's funny because this is, I, I believe it or not, it's actually been a bit since we did the finders mm-hmm. because it was like re-recorded probably a few weeks prior to even coming out. Uh, Carl, now getting into Carl Shapley. Now, he was he like bankrolling something or he was like financially tied to something? I forgot I, how I actually ever read his name in the first place. I know it was in a news article. Right, with Shapley, it was when they nominated in the news articles, they nominated the leaders of the finders uh, to take over for Marion Petty that the finders officially had done it. Marion Petty officially done it. So Carl Shapley was on the list and so was Hunter uh, uh, Patch uh, Adams, Hunter Adams uh, from the movie Patch Adams. OK, that was played by Robin Williams. I've done a lot of research into Patch Adams. Very sketchy, very, very sketchy. Wow. Uh, um, and, and I wrote a blog of what really, and I've done video on Patch Adams connections to the Finders too. Very, very, very sketchy stuff with the Good Sun Tide Institute and the fi- the Finders pretty much giving him the money and the land to be able to 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 to, to build on and and uh, that's a whole. I mean, we talk about it after we get, get talk about with with Shapley, but okay, Shapley yeah, was sure, was please. was mentioned uh, as being a leader of the Finders after Petty quote unquote left the country, which he. 
he didn't, but uh, he at least at a time in the newspapers was claiming that he was going to leave the country and not have anything to do with the finders and, and stuff. And these were the leaders of the finders. And you, you read articles of Carl Shapley um, talking very well of the finders, uh, you know, within, um, uh, you know, articles. Uh, you know, so here we have um, in the Tampa Bay Times talked about the fighters operation murders. General, generous, wonderful people who are very benevolent. Uh, that they perform a lot of practical jokes and poke fun at the majority. Carl says that members of the fighters operation have got such weird press, and that it needs to be turned around to who they really are. Carl continues. For instance, sometimes they may say the children are in charge today, and that adults get down on their hands and knees and do what the children say. Uh, Carl also mentions that Marion Petty is referenced to the game caller. Carl continues further about Marion. He states, he is one of the eccentrics of our time, a total benevolent and benign man. He is like a character out of Alice in Wonderland. I think he could be the Mad Hatter sometimes. I think he could be the Rabbit sometimes, and sometimes the Red Queen. Now, remember, the Red Queen was not benevolent in Alice in Wonderland. She was evil in Alice's tag antagonist um, in the Lewis Carroll story. And he also says he kind of has a twinkle in his eye all the time. And then when Carl was asked about the reports of children on the Finders Operation Free State Properties of Virginia being frequently heard screaming by neighbors, uh, Carl states, anyone knows children knows that when they are delighted, they scream. Oh, yeah. um, and so, you know, you know, I, I've gone back and forth. Um, I do believe the six children that were found in Tallahassee, they were children of the members of the Finders Operation. Um, and there was a seven child Walker, uh, that was, that had not take the trip with her, with them, but stayed behind. Um, he was an infant. Uh, I do believe that the children were, um, uh, psychologically abused and tortured. Mm. Uh, I do believe that they were, um, uh, mentally, uh, you know, like oh. I said, mentally, you know, psychologically, I do believe that they were neglected. Um, uh, and, uh, I don't believe though that they, they, they were sexually abused. Uh, at least the evidence that we have, the statements that we have come from Dr. Samuel Moore, who's passed away. I, I can't, you know, confirm anything that he has said. And, and I don't have the, also, I don't have the medical reports in front of me, uh, to read them to, to, you know, exactly what they stated. We only have what was stated within the Tallahassee police department of that, you know, Jordan, uh, Messina Rico, the oldest, uh, uh finders, uh, operation, uh, child, um, you know, that she had a half of a, half of a broken hymen, which, which necessarily doesn't happen from sexual assault. Um, and, uh, John Paul Pope, I believe to be James Michael Hollowell, the third, uh, Michael Hollowell's son mm-hmm. had a, a loose anal sphincter control. But as someone who's written about gut health, obviously coach people with gut health, the finer's kids diet were atrocious. Okay. They, they, they fasted a lot. They were kind of fed a whole bunch of vegetables every now and then they might get treats from a baby shit sitter sitter job you know so his digestive health was 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 horrible um and so you know that could lead to a prolapse sphincter to some degree like i don't know you know was there anal tearing you know like they i don't have the reports in front of me so i can't read them you know i can only go based off of what limited information that we have and uh supposedly in a documentary that is coming out uh you know jordan rico had mentioned that that she was not molested um, and so, you know, I can't make those claims. Uh, do I believe there was human trafficking going on with the finders and, and everything? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, and the cult was very, in the operation, 
I'll call it more of an operation than a cult. The operation was very <laughs> highly compartmentalized. So unless I say I know specifically that this person knows or I know specifically that this person did this, okay, don't like with any operation, don't assume that every single person involved with the operation knows every yeah. single thing that goes into the operation. I think you're operation, totally right with okay? the finders for sure. I think it was totally decompartmentalized. I think you're right. Uh, so because of that, you know, but I mean, there was. Uh, who was the finer's member um, that, that in his elder years got uh, a charge of convicted with uh, with a child pornography? That would be a Theodore Gre- a Gerald Reese. Um, oh. uh, and so he uh, got charged. Uh, and I think let me bring it up real quick uh, right here. Um, Theodore Reese was sentenced on Wednesday, May 10th, 2017 to 90 months in prison at the age of 81 for the distribution of child pornography. Reese used a personal computer to distribute a peer to peer network and file containing a video of minors engaged in sexually explicit conduct. Additionally, during a search of Reese's home on September 9, 2015, investigators found Reese in possession of various electronic devices and CDs that were later found to contain 291 videos and 29 still images of child pornography. Now, Reese was a uh, was a, was a uh, expert in computers, and and I, and I believe, I think, he taught at a university. I'm having a trouble offhand to remember which one it is. I'll try to look yeah, it up. But when this information came out, or when the information came out that he was in the fighters, they removed him from the faculty profile. Um, but it is him. Like I've done enough research to confirm that it is the same, like his wife is the same, uh, that was in the finders. Uh, you know, like it is, it is, he was a finders member. He was, he's in the investigative leads memo. He's talked about in Toby Terrell's book, the game caller. Um, you know, he was within the inner circle, both him and his wife were, um, and it's, you know, points out where they lived is in the same area that they were told that they were lived in during the finders matches the same age as the guy that was talked about in the finders. So it's definitely him. So him, I can say, you know, he is, he is a, he, he is a pedophile. Um, you know, so, you know, that's the, you know, he's convicted for it, you know? Um, but you know, everybody else, you know, um, I mean, like I said, do I think that the children were neglected? Oh, for yes, sure. I do think that's a form of abuse. Uh, do I think that there was uh, a, a mental manipulation and mind control going on? Well, I, I mean, I do. I mean, you know, you can read about the didactic dramas where they used to put the kids in, in, in dark closets and leave them there for a short period of time or even a long period of time. And would then the adults would wear masks and scare the crap out of the kids and then laugh and it's a whole joke, right? You know, and they have the books that Ramon J. Martinez found on mind control that was in the finder's library. You know, and so, I mean, you know, I'll write more about it in my book, obviously, but I do think that there was some sort of mental abuse, um, that, that, that they were not good parents. Now, you know, did later, for example, did Paula Rico parent her children better when she broke off to the finders and started her own commune down there in Florida? Maybe, I don't know. Not all the finders kids, uh, want, you know, want to go on the record. There's one that I won't name that told me, I don't want to talk. I appreciate the work that you're doing but I did not have a good childhood, you know? So there's a lot of allegations out there in white Patriot, and I've only the, gone with what I could prove. Yeah. It could, I know? guess, I mean, really it could also depend on the, the parents as well. I don't know, man. Like, you know, like I, when I make a statement, I want to be definitive that I can back it up, especially if I'm going to make a claim that this person is a pedophile. Right. You know? And, and uh, I mean, you know, there's some, 
maybe sometimes you might be a little bit more liberal calling some people certain things, you know, but when I'm writing a book on this case and I'm trying to separate it all and I'm really, you know, diving in and stuff like that. Like, I don't, you know, again, I don't think every, like even Marion Petty, I don't think Marion Petty knew exactly almost everything that went on in the operation, but I'm sure he knew a good, dark, big, big chunk of it, you know? Yeah. You know what you mentioned before? And, and then uh, we went into other stuff. I just do want to mention, and I, I remember this and I might've even have mentioned it on, the occult rejects, or maybe not, maybe just in conversation off the air. But uh, I, I do remember, I don't know if it was the exact same com- conversation or whatever you read off where this person was comparing him to, like, Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned Lewis Carroll. Now, I also know that there, there was something I came across where somebody did mention, like, Alice in Wonderland and Lewis Carroll and the Finders. We were covering the... Uh, Oh, the Fellowship of Friends. Mm-hmm. That's another cult out in California. There was links to them, people that are underneath, like, the business aspect of 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 um, the Fellowship of Friends, also linked to a Lewis Carroll school for kids. <laughs> and I, I even thought that was a little weird because it was almost like one of those pods. Where it's like, you know, the kids and it's not like regular school. It was one of those. So I thought it was weird. And I kind of thought it was a little weird. You know, Lewis Carroll, the rabbit hole. Like, you know, can we make conspiracies? (laughs) You know, whatever. Yeah. But now hearing both, it just I find that really interesting, actually. Two different cults (laughs) and mention of Lewis Carroll. (laughs) Well, it seems to be like an MKUltra theme. Yeah, that's what I had wondered, too, as well. And, And I mean, you know, with Shapely, you know, he again, Shapely really excuses the finders. Uh, Hunter Patch Adams really excuses the finders, you know. And so it's like, okay, so they, they really believe that the finders are completely benevolent. I mean, that's the two narratives, the two competing narratives, right? That the, the fighters were misaligned, it, they, they kind of meant well, they weren't malevolent, you know, you know, or, you know, mostly everything I was written, written about them and then the, uh, you know, the leaked, uh, customs department, you know, Ramon J. Martinez's allegations are true, you know, and, and I, you know, I think, you know, a majority of them I've been able to substantiate. I think Ramon J. Martinez was telling the truth and I think he was ousted out of the customs department, harassed for the rest of his life because he he did the right thing, tried to, Mm. and cost him his, you know, cost him his career. Um, and, uh, you know, with Shapely, you know, he's just, he's just an odd dude. I mean, now wasn't his family though also like very connected to NASA? I don't know about NASA. I don't remember offhand, but I know that when he was a child, um, when he was a child, because his father was a professor at Harvard University. And when he was a child, he actually met Albert Einstein. There's a pic, I found a picture of when he was a child being with Albert Einstein. Oh, that's right. It was um, his fault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I found that too. So that's weird, man. Like, that's weird. All right. So, you know, and his dad. Um, was that was another weird happy. that was actually sorry to interrupt you that was another weird synchronicity that happened for me too because I had a guest on covering Native Americans mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. we were covering how we thought some stuff was like actual like kind of occultism good or bad I don't know but it's like hidden science and somebody uh, the person that we had on was showing Albert Einstein with the Indians and yeah. <laughs> I saw him with whoever you're saying now and I was like yo come on this guy again <laughs> well, what I mean, I mean to, pi- I mean to pivot, to pivot what you're saying though. I mean, Carl's father, Harlow Shapley. That's what I'm looking at now. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. he co-founded UNESCO. 
And what is that for people who don't know what that is? Uh, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Mm. So they could control a lot of um, they control a lot of uh, archaeology. Oh, that's really interesting. The dig and the research that's published and everything. The United wow. Nations has a strong UNESCO has a strong hand on that. They claim they're preserving cultures, which is complete bunk. But um, and so you know, Carl Shapley's father, um, Harlow Shapley, um, uh, he was uh, the co-founder of UNESCO. Uh, he also wrote uh, in, uh, for the think tank uh, Rand Corporation uh, for many years, um, and um, his uh, Carl's brother. No, it was Carl's brother. I'm sorry, not his father. Carl's brother, Lloyd Shapley. He worked for the Rand Corporation for many years. Uh, was also in the United States Army Air Corps, just like Marion Petty was, um, and um, uh, worked for the Rand Corporation. And Carl. Uh, he is a self-proclaimed first century Gnostic, like self-proclaimed. All right. Um, he's also talked about, um, what did he say? He's a noetic scientist, but he also discussed, um, it's funny how he's very different considering all his family too, if you really think about it. Yeah. He, 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 he cause he went more into the new age the, theosophical side. Right. And, yeah. Um, which is, I mean, serves the elite in its own purposes. Um, mm-hmm. but Shapley, um, right. he talks about talk with the ascended masters and St. Germain and all that. And, you know, channeling and doing automatic writing. I found an interview where he was discussing that. Uh, and he formed his own new age school, which was called the Shapley school. But the, the, the craziest thing, this is where the secret, right? There's many secret, right? Connections to the finders and, and I've written about them, but I haven't done a show on them specifically. Carl Shapley worked directly with the unification church and was a world peace ambassador for them. Oh, again, religion. Well, well, we were talking about Wiker with religion. Now we got Shapley. With religion. Yeah. So now Shapley's running around from the Moonies. Working for them as a world peace ambassador, you know, and several Reverend Summer Moon, uh, was a heretic. I mean, he, he thought he was saying he was fulfilling, you know, Jesus's quote unquote failed mission. Um, you know, he um he you know gave the money to to to, to among other people to to fund and start the Council for National Policy. So you know, I mean. It, Again, oh. I, I, I like that's one thing I've always came across, and I know you've come across too, and I know you've talked about it in White Patriot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm the uh, right that claims to be Christian, but constantly is always involved with New Age theosophical stuff. Well, man. you know, and, and I'm not knocking, uh, really, I'm not knocking that. I, it's just really, I unfortunately, people I think use that facade to pull, yeah. pull shit over on people, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but I mean, Shapely is very interesting, and again. I, I mean, I was amazed when I started digging it because no one really, you know, other than that article coming, you know, and and George writing about him, like no, like you would think someone would talk about him because just like all of his connections of his dad and like every, but no, I mean, even I was, I, and that's why I was glad you guys talked about him because no one, no one did. Yeah, that's what I was actually really surprised about. I was like, it's, I'm like, it's hard to believe that, like me, out of all people, like wow. Uh, I'm looking now. Uh, even no. this is where I was saying it ties to NASA. His brother Willis Shapley, he was uh, oh, okay. was an American okay. civil servant, best known as the third ranking administrator for NASA during the Apollo program. Wow. Okay, I will give you credit for that because I did not know about the other brother. 
Yeah, you know how you know what's a good way to find out sometimes? I go look up their gravestones and they have sites for gravestones and then sometimes it'll show yes, their other do. family members. You know a lot of that data comes from the LDS from the Mormon church? Yes, that's yo, when we were covering Skinwalker Ranch and I can't remember what it was a few sites that I was using to like you get the whole family tree. You could start following the spider yeah, webs. Yeah. I had realized that I was looking on for Mormons, and I was just like so amazed by how much stuff I was finding. Yeah, genealogy. And then I found com, out yeah. I'm like, well, it's it's owned by Mormons, and like I was covering Skimwalker Ranch, looking up Mormons. <laughs> and I was like, yo, and what were you using? Was owned by by Mormons? <laughs> yeah, I was like, come on. You know, it was just really wild. The Deseret News, I'm using links for that, for, for stuff at Skinwalker Ranch. And I'm like, oh, yeah. they're owned by Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really does get metal like that sometimes, you know. And hold on, let me see if I can find out Carl Shapley. So Carl Shapley, okay, so here it was. It was Marion Petty petitions Carl Shapley becomes co-leader of the Finders after 1987. So it goes, an unsigned one-page memo supposedly from Aaron Petty was hand-delivered on February 18th, 1987 to Tallahassee Democrat. The memo discussed as follows. One, I didn't know I was the leader of the Finders. Two, I thought I was just a consultant on wit and humor. Three, if I ever was a leader, I hereby resign to devote myself to Zen walking. And I recommend that the Finders hold an election as soon as possible to elect Dr. Hunter Adams, which is Patch Adams, Stephen A. Weitzman Esquire, and Dr. Carl Shapley as co-leader of the Finders, okay? And about Goatgate, Carl Shapley says, it's simply like a farm, any farm. They slaughter animals. The fact they made a game out of it, I think it, thought it was in poor taste. That's being picked up by the police that it's something satanic. That's not the case. It's whether it is poor taste, but it's not cultish. And and Hunter Adams, when asked about the execution of Henrietta Igor, because that's what the photo album said out of the pictures of the of the ritual sacrifice of the goat. Okay, is 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 it was it was called on the the title the front title of the album was called the execution of Henrietta Igor. All right, Hunter Patch Adams, I'm paraphrasing, says, "Oh, it's just it's just adults teaching kids. This is animal husbandry. You know, if you had a if your if your father was a butcher." You know, he would teach you the same way. You know, oh, when you're two yeah. years, they three years old, is like he would give you goat fetuses or the head of a goat, and you'd have it on a silver platter while everybody's wearing white robes. You know, white robes when you slaughter a goat. I mean, really? 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 You know, so, I mean. I, <laughs> I forgot all about It sounds a cult to me. Too. Yeah, I forgot about that stuff that they had. Uh, didn't they have, like, pictures and stuff of that going on? Supposedly? Yeah, it was in the photo album that they found the execution yeah, of Henrietta said, yeah. and Igor. Ooh. I mean, kids as young as two or three there when they're butchering a male and female goat and the female goat's pregnant and they're ripping the fetuses out. That's There's a picture of a kid holding a goat's head on a silver platter. That's some next level. And it's just animal husbandry. Any butcher family would do that, right? Any farm family would do that, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. My patriot, this is normal. Guess so. I'm glad I don't have I'm not on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> You're not I'm used to the farm life. Bro. Yeah, I'm good on that one. <laughs> Damn. Oh, you know, it was another thing I actually wanted to ask you because I figured if you knew yeah. this, you'd know it more than me because it was something I did want to look into. It's just you know the the series is already time consuming with what I was going into. Um, I did seem to be uh, in the documents a couple of times mentioned like the intimidation done to people who wanted to leave. Did you ever mm -hmm. look into that anymore? And I think you, there might have even have been people who were killed 
I don't know if you you looked into that uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, some of it I could talk about. Um, okay, yeah, whatever you can. It was reported that um, one of the previous uh, Finders members who was dating one of the Finders women, his name was John Cox, and he was a Sufi businessman, supposedly. And um, George has written about him and found some information. We don't know if it's the same John Cox or not. And I've, you know, looked at him too. Uh, but he kind of got upset at the finders operation and we quite really don't know why. And so he was bullied and harassed and threatened. Um, I have a, there was a famous feminist researcher. <laughs> She's a libertarian. I can't think of her name offhand right now. I have a signed letter that Marion Petty wrote, but in under the guise under one of the finders operation members, quote unquote, Chinese girlfriend or wife threatening her saying, you're a frumpy bitch. I'll push you down the stairs. The next time I see you. Damn. So is that the queen of hearts stuff that, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, um, shapely was talking about and Alice in Wonderland's got a little bit of queen of hearts in them. You know, so I mean, her, her, the name, the researcher, libertarian researcher, I think her first name was Carol. Um, I'm Carol, sorry, Willis I can't Carol? remember it offhand. No. <laughs> um, but uh, she was a famous feminist, libertarian, uh, parapolitical researcher. Um, but yeah, she was investigating the finders and she got that warning. You know, um, uh, let me see if I can actually keep talking for a minute let's see yeah. if i can find it uh but th there was a lawyer talking you know talking about when they were just did the uh, uh, lawyers in the newspaper articles and i actually found some news of paper articles about the trial where the finders sued mary and petty to try to get some money back the other finders members in, in the mid 1990s and there's <laughs> articles in there and you can tell it's john cox's lawyer all right and he's like yeah you know the, the death threats <laughs> you know and i'm like and I, and I found the guy and i've tried to contact the lawyer. I found the lawyer. He still practices in the Culpeper area, you know, and uh, I haven't been able to make that connection yet. But yeah. I never even thought of that, trying to contact the lawyers and stuff like that. Because uh, I wanted to ask him, I was like, so what, what, what threats do we have here, sir? Like, what are we talking about? You know, like, <coughs> can you tell me anything? Can you go on the record on anything without breaking, you know, I know it's been a long time since you've represented Mr. Cox, but is there anything you can tell me off the record, on the record? You know, you know, there was even another thing I noticed in the FBI documents that I did mention, and it was like a little bit detailed, but then I, I don't think like it went anywhere else. Do you remember like somebody who I think found a computer and ended up like bringing it to the police and it like only... Yes, they found it at the Tallahassee... Um, like at a phone yeah, the, booth or uh, some uni, shit, right? University of Tallahassee. They found it in the phone book. Yes, it was a T a T T eighty computer, I think. Um, I have to look that up. But yes, they found it and they, they turned it into the cops. Uh, the researcher's name was Carol Moore. Okay. And the letter goes, "Watch you step, you frump frumpy bitch." Signed, My Lee. Damn. Frumpy. Oh, nice. Wow. So, yeah, sent to the Chinese wife of one of the finders men trying to act like, you know, it's Mary You know, you mentioned Chinese again, and I totally forgot. You know, what do you think was up with them and the connection supposedly to the Chinese embassy or China? Well, okay, so there was a guy that was mentioned in the investigative leads memo that I've been researching, and I need to do more research on, on him. Um, 
let me bring up the investigative leads memo. I can't, I Sorry, can't remember his name offhand, but he, um, he, he was, uh, he was a, uh, uh, a talent scouter for, well, I call him a talent scouter, but he was a recruitment for Georgetown university. And he was feeding the finders, a lot of Chinese students. Uh, right. but he was mentioned in the investigative leads memo, uh, which I want to read the specific part that was in the investigative leads memo about him. Uh, his name was Eric Heiberg. So in 1954, Petty recruited Eric Heiberg, who lost his N NSA clearance at a, and about this time. Heiberg was redeployed as a private investigator and specifically as a talent spotter, which I've confirmed he worked for Georgetown University as a, as a kind of like a counselor, you know, trying to get people into the school, right? So a okay. talent spotter, recruiter. Okay. Um, see how that would you work. know, uh, 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 at Georgetown University, his current position. Um, and so, you know, they, he was bringing in, um, various people, a lot of Chinese, a lot of Russian people, um, yeah, into the finders. Even, even the fellowship of friends that I mentioned before, they were real big with bringing Russians over. So the finders, <laughs> there's a lot of Russian connections too, as well. Um, that I'll talk more about once I flesh that out in my book, when I, I'm actually going to talk about Eric Heiberg, um, actually probably need to, um, add him to chapter two as you know people that knew the finders i probably need to actually go back and add him because um there's been a investigative journalist who i, who I won't name uh who's been helping me and uh he um he he actually gave me a lot of information on heiberg that he was because he was investigating the finders back in the 1990s um and uh he gave me he was like go check out this guy and i was like okay and then i you know i looked i was like oh he's an investigative memo I started looking into him. I was like, oh, yes, he really was associated with the finders, you know, and then, um, and so, I mean, there's been stuff that I've been told that I can't cooperate. Like, I was told from someone within the United States Customs Department that there were serial killers of priests uh, in the Kentucky, Tennessee area that was linked to the finders that they could never substantiate. Really? Yeah. Well, that's bugged out. I shit. can't substantiate either because the investigator that they were working with, I, I tried to track him down. I couldn't find him. Mm. That's some creepy shit to even think about. Damn. So you know, I I'm not gonna write about that because I can't you know can't corroborate it, but something I was looking into. I've often wondered sometimes if serial killers are like cults going wrong. <laughs> Somebody I hate to say it. Well, there is a hand of death cult, you know. What's that? So I've actually never heard of that. They were kind of like supposedly another name for, I think it was Henry Lee Lucas talked about the hand of death. Um, and so, um, you know, cause he was a serial killer. So I think he discussed about it in prison, if I remember correctly. And then, and I think Dave McGowan wrote a lot about it and George just talked about it too. Um, and then they were kind of like a collective government group that was running the serial killers. Um, Berkowitz kind of talked about a collective Satanist group, government group that yes. was running many yeah. circles too. Yes, so that's pretty much them talking about the same thing. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. I now I found a book that disappeared completely off the internet. I cannot find it. Me and George have looked. We have spent hours upon hours upon hours in my Patriot looking. That said that the Hunt Hunt brothers, the Hunt family, who helped found this Council National Policy, a big part of John Birch Society, may have contributed to the assassination of JFK uh, or the killing during the ritual the king killed 33 rituals what i believe but um uh um they financed the hand of death cult oh wow it was really their elite assassins damn some wild stuff if that's you know <laughs> josh reeves used to talk about it that he had found it in a book and then i found it but did not screenshot the book 
And then I was like, ah, oh, probably. It's like one time I found, I can't find it, man. One time, I, I, I do my best to try to keep everything, but, you know, sometimes you're looking and you oh, miss yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, you know. One time I found a description on Roy Cohn's yacht that was in a book of a blonde young gentleman that sounded exactly like Donald Trump. And I went back to try to find that book. I could never find it again. <laughs> of course. And I was like, oh, but then again, like, no, they, no one could find this Maximum Golf article. And I had to put alert on eBay for any Maximum Golf, you know, articles or any Maximum Golf, like, books that came up, you know, for, you know, for it. Because people were quoting the article about Epstein in there and Trump, but no one actually had, you know, had, had read the article or anything like that. And, uh, you know, sure enough, it came up in a lot of, of golf magazine books for like, I don't know, like, I think I was like, I think I paid like 22 bucks for the lot or whatever. But yeah, it was, it was really the full article of Trump and Epstein and, you know, the girl that was made to look younger that the writer of the um, uh, article right here says Trump jetting and betting with the Donald um, and uh, Epstein's mentioned in there and they flew on Trump's plane, on Epstein's plane. Because remember, people are always like, you know, well, there's only one or two times that Trump flew an Epstein plane. Well, first of all, that's that we know of. I think it's up to six or seven now, I think, if I remember correctly. That's true. Um, you know, all these people Trump do had have his own their, plane. I, you know, a lot of the people probably that's been on his plane had their own. So, like, how do you know? Like, that's not the only time they've ever, you know, maybe they used their car this time. You know what I'm saying? You think about it like that. Yeah. I'll come pick um, you up this time. Like, why is it always Epstein's plane? That's a really good point. How many times do you think? How maybe Epstein's been on fucking Trump's 20? Exactly, and we don't know. So, we know in this article at least once because this article states that he flew on his plane. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) But a lot of stuff disappears. You know, I mean, it it just it's it's just memory hold. Um, and uh, you know, and the finders. I mean, I've tried to. You know, I found the full investigative leads memo. You know, that was given to me by you know uh, someone who I admire very much, and um. Uh, you know, they they uh, they had a copy of the full thing, and I published the full thing. We only had the write up of it. We never had the complete investigative memo. It's it's for free on my Substack, um, and uh, you know, it gives some more uh, links at the end of who the finders were connected to that wasn't previously known, because uh, there's a whole list of people that they were involved with. One of them being uh, uh, the Jesuit uh, quote unquote priest Ivan Elick, who ran his own Mexican school. And may have been the school that they were going to. And I also have documents. I have telexes from the finders that discuss the meeting with Ivan Illich. Um, and so, you know, I was able to prove that. And Ivan Illich is, is that who they were about. supposed to be meeting for the school for gifted children? <sighs> that is the rumor, but we don't know. <laughs> That's the rumor. Now, is it true that even when I think they got multiple stories... Or like different answers from different people about what they were doing too, right? That's but, true. Yes. I mean, for all we know, we don't even know there was a school, you yeah. know. But the school is supposed to be Ivan Illich's school, um, or whatever he was running down there in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But we don't even know if that was really where they were going. We really don't. Yeah. Because maybe that could have been where they were told that, that if they ever got busted, for them to tell where they were going. Very well said. Just like they had the car with the Miranda rights, right? And yeah, yeah right. you know, I the feigning. I'd you know. even yeah, the feigning. I'd even said to Lux, I was like, for all you know, like every certain amount of hours, they had to call somebody and just let them know, like, yeah, we're okay. 
And if we yeah. don't hear from them in a certain amount of time, we just assume they're busted. And, you know, let's go to the warehouse. Let's clean this shit up. Let's clean that shit up before the cops start showing Well, up. I do have on file from Ramon J. Martinez's partner, Bob Harold. this is on the record, that the night before the raid of the warehouse, the, the, the surrounding warehouses, there was a warehouse that was run by the Chinese that told them, and this was in his report. Now, his report was once on Usenet. It was once on the bulletin boards. Bob Harold, you know, he opened up a computer business when he left the customs department. Uh, what he, you know, what he was doing for customs was computers. He's very literate in computers. He knew about computers. Okay. He told me that, um, that they were tipped off. They took the two finders vans before the raid, filled it up with boxes, boxes. Okay, papers, computer equipment, because they're running the CIA uh, uh, training operation for for people on computers, um, future enterprises. They're running it out of the warehouse, so they they f- slam filled those vans up and drove them away. And and, and there was a second report. There was Bob Harrell's customs investigative report that used to be on the internet. And we spent hours looking for his report that could corroborate Ramon J. Martinez's report. We couldn't find it. Oh. It completely been scrubbed. Um, and uh, he told me that when he went to the desks, he, there were all these desks in this one room and papers scattered everywhere and everything. And he looked at the desks and he realized that the desks haven't been cleaned. They were, they were dusty. And it had had the outline of what, you know, computer monitors and stuff like that, you know. And there was so many of them, like, in this room with all these desks, you know, because that's where they were training the CIA agents on computers, you know. And that's not previously known. So. Yeah, I honestly think that they were, I think even in the FBI documents, somebody even said that they were suspecting that there might have been tip-offs prior to the police raiding the place. I can't remember. There was. Yeah. There was. There I was, think so. um, and that was I that mean, was another thing that made me even mention the Chinese embassy, and I, I did uh, also mean to throw in there was like people who I think might have were going to that warehouse, went next door to the wrong place, and I think there was uh, supposedly people saying that they were going to the Chinese embassy or a youth hostel, but it was really the warehouse that the finders had. I'm trying. So, so it was like, in the it was in the uh, apartments, I think. The W Street Apartments. I'm trying that was to another find... weird thing, too. So, like, they had that... So, did they have a CIA operation going on in the warehouse, and then they're, like, renting out rooms to, like, whoever came off the street? Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> owned that since the 20s and the 30s as a flop house for, like, OSS people to go to. I think it was the 30s. I think it was the 30s is when he got it. The w really? Street apartments. It was for the OSS? Um, yeah, that he wrote about it. He said that literally in an interview with Lynn, with Lynn Bracken and... Um, Ken Thomas. He said that during the. I'll, I'll get his exact quote up in a minute if you want me to. But um, oh, that's I just want to say that there was a Chinese residence found who was a graduate student in anatomy at Georgetown University during the W Street apartment raid, and that was a guy whose name went was uh, Jin Zing Wong, hmm. and his name was discovered in a telex that was found in the raid because they got him. They know who he was. And he's like, I'm a graduate student from Georgetown University, and they're like, Okay, who are you? And then later they found his name on the telex. His name was Jin Zing Wong. So. That's weird. I mean, Petty had stamps in his passport. That was in the 
the the the leaked um I got the full um Washington DC uh kind of like memo. Um I have the full one. They they on the documents that were released, they had part of it blanked out, but I actually got hold of the real one. Um and the real one, they talk about the Marion Petty had stamps on his passport during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s to Vietnam, North Korea, and USSR. Now, how in the world, during the height of the Cold War... I was just I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, that's a lot of weird countries to go to. Like, if you start thinking the, back then. Yeah, like, and the fighters talk about... Like they, you know, are you a communist? To, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fighters talk about before 1987 of going to China, of going to USSR. Toby Terrell does. Um, and uh, we know that um, uh, Hunter... Patch Adams, um, his clowning, he set up like kind of like this clowning therapeutic, like university thing, conferences and stuff. Um, they were, they, the first one was in Russia that was done during the eighties. So I don't know, man, how, in a, I mean, unless you're a spook, how the heck do you go to North Korea in 1960? All right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, as you started reading them, I was like, wait, these are like, I would think would be scary or risky countries to go to back then. Or even the I fact that, or even the fact is like I might be okay there, but like when I want to leave, are they gonna allow I don't me? I don't think you can <laughs> even get in there back I mean I Right? I don't I, I mean, were they even allowing <laughs> tourists um to North Korea, you know, during that time period? Like Especially, I mean, definitely during the Korean War, how's he going to, you know, like, what's he doing during the, I mean, after the Korean War? And how's he going to get to North Korea after the Korean War with, you know, with the, I, I'm just, I, after it being, no one, I didn't, I didn't think after the war that they, I mean, even now they allow uh, visitors, but it's very difficult, especially from the United States, right? You know, like you have to follow certain rules and stuff to, to be able to be in its, you know, controlled you ever you ever watch the, like the North Korean videos of people going to North Korea? Like I watch some crazy stuff on YouTube yeah. at night. I probably sure we all do, you know. But like you know the videos of people visiting North Korea and they're smuggling in cameras and taking you know videos of it. And I know there's some like a CIA puppet state kind of thing North Korea, right? You know. But like it's interesting, man. I mean, it's how do we to Marion Petty? Like how do the finders just go to places like that? Like Marion Petty, I know you, you can do this. Like if you're previously in the uh, Air Force, you can, you know, one of your privileges is you can take, like, you can go to, like, an Air Force base and be like, okay, where's this plane going? Is this plane filled? And they'd be like, no, and you can you can do that. Like, mm-hmm. at first I thought, and there's no, I was like, no, but that research, I thought, yeah, you can't actually do that. Because at first I was like, okay, so he's he's out of the military, out of the U.S. Army Air Corps, right? But he's, like, take all these military flights to places and stuff, and I'm like, you can't do that. You know, but I realized, actually, no, you actually can't do that. Um, you know, so, um, but still, but, but him going to North Korea and USSR during the Cold War and Vietnam, you know, it's like, because they looked at his passport and they had all these stamps, all these different countries, right? And it's like, China? That's, that's weird, you know? So, I mean, what what is the Washington Metropolitan Police Department supposed to think, right? And John Stitcher was really trying. I mean, in Toby's book, we have Stitcher. I think Bradley was in on it. Or didn't care. I think he was in on it, though. But Stitcher wasn't. Stitcher died of a heart attack not too long afterwards. Okay? Um, but, you know, in the in the book, Toby writes it that Stitcher is, like, losing his mind or he's out of control or something. But he's yelling to Toby. And Toby was with his one of their FBI handlers. Um, 
Athena Veronius, who they base Clary, Clary Starling on uh, from Silence of the Lambs. They base that figure, literary, literary figure, Thomas Harris did in the movie too, uh, from her. So she's there, she's sitting there, and um, Bradley, Detective Jim Bradley's with uh, John Stitcher. They're, you know, they're both partners. And Stitcher's like blue in the face, yelling at like yelling at um Toby Terrell. He's like, I got you dead to rights. I know you're shooting child pornography in the warehouse. You know, I mean just righteous anger, just pissed, you know? And Toby's just laughing at him, you know. In the book, it's like, oh, this is just so silly. How did they come up with these allegations? You know, and then, you know, Athena Veronius on the way out. I'm going to get exactly what she said because I don't want to misquote her because I, you know, at least according to the book, because I'm afraid that she might try to sue me. But let me, let me find that quote. Let me, okay. let me, let me, let me pull that up real quick in the book. No but it's, no I mean, it was a cover up. Really got me interested it a, into this Patch Adams stuff now, too. Okay, we'll talk about the Patch Adams stuff next if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was even wondering if that's like just like another whole episode too to go into like Patch Adams stuff. The I Patch Adams stuff was it blew my mind. I didn't know um, that. Like, yeah, you're even saying that you think like the the story or whatever goes back to. What was crazy is is do you know America's Frontline Doctors that are that's started by the Council for National Policy and Simone Gold is like their um their head and stuff like that. Okay. So on one of the clay Clark, we awaken America tours. One of the American frontline doctors came up and she goes, you wonder how I got into medicine. And I think the woman's genuine. Like I have no qualms against her. Okay. She goes, I met Hunter Patch Adams when I was a child and my friend, my family was very much friends with him and grew up with him and worked at the Gazette. I didn't sit there. And I was like, this is one degree separation from the fighters, you know? I'm like, what is going on here, you know? So imagine, you know, I'm just listening because I'm listening to the speakers at the We Wake in America tour, and I'm like, okay, so what is this person saying? What is this person saying? You know, I get to her, and that's first two minutes. That's what she opens up with. <laughs> you must have been like, yo, wait, what? Yeah, I was driving my car. I was like, what? Like, my mind was blown. I was like, what the heck is going on here? You know, and then, and then, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's stuff like that, man. You know, you, you live for those moments, but at the same time you get a little like sketched out a little bit and you're like, uh, you know, it's fun solving the puzzle, right? You know, it's fun, you know, putting the Ruby Rubik's cube in place. You get the dopamine hits from it, you know, but sometimes you get a little of the chills when you, oh, put something yeah, in place yeah, too, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know this. <laughs> You know, I know exactly what so, you mean. Yeah, you almost feel like freak. You're creeped out that you, yeah, even came across it. So right. let me see. I think in Toby's book, I think he, I think he calls Stitcher something else. In his book, he kind of some of the names he changed the names of them, and some of them I can tell that's who he's talking about because I'm just so familiar, familiar with the case, you know? So I'm like, okay, so I know he's talking about this person here. Um, let me see. Because I want to get her exact quote. The goddess intervenes. He calls, he calls Athena Veronius the goddess. Okay. So I learned years later, she's the FBI agent for whom the character Cleo Starling is based on the silence of the land movie. I have confirmed that in newspaper reports. That is true. You know, nice. she actually runs a paranormal investigation, uh, no. uh, 
uh, uh, business, or she did in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, not too far from me. Um, so I want to get, let's see. You got any questions or anything while uh, I look this up? No, I was actually looking up Hunter. <laughs> I was looking up what he looks like and everything. <laughs> Dr. Zany Ramorski, that's what he calls himself. I didn't know he was, uh, damn. This person's still alive, right? He is, yes. Oh, shit. He outlived uh, the guy who played him on TV. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I figured this guy was like dead a long time ago. The Gesund... Gesundheit Institute? I have to look into this, dude. Yo, he looks wild. All right, yeah, unfortunately, I can't. I'm not going to pull it up for the people to look at, but very interesting uh, character, even. Yeah. Might have to look into this guy. Oh, she goes, okay, she goes, she goes. I, she goes, I read your letter. It's just what, what I thought it was a slow day for the press. This is Athena Veronius talking, okay? She goes, um,. This is her talking to Robert Gardner Terrell Jr., Toby Terrell. They have to fill up the newspaper in the TV time. It's got picked up by news services and it's stuck a sensitive cord with the public. Do you have a lawyer? Toby says no. She goes, you should think about getting one. It will get worse before it gets better. Can you call me tomorrow? I won't be able to tell you what I'm doing, but we will be working behind the scenes to put a lid on this thing. Oh. Now, Athena, if you ever hear this, I didn't say that. Toby said you said that. So, what am I supposed to say, NY Patriot? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Sounds like to me a cover up. Well, I mean, she was an FBI. So, I mean, even going by the FBI documents, I mean, even this being on YouTube, I mean, you can't deny it. they say it themselves. It was closed because of CIA involvement. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even conspiratorial. They even say that. Now I will tell you. No, I guess depending that, on what you think the CIA was doing. That's no, the I would say I would tell you this. I would suggest. I would suggest not keeping this up on YouTube. But if you got any other platforms to keep it on, because oh, yeah. this was one of the reasons why my channel got taken down. Oh, okay. Any video about the finders will be marked as cyber stalking, harassment, and bullying, and there are people going around flagging videos talking about the finders to do so. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe I'll drop this one. That's one of the reasons I why I lost my you. channel. All right, I may Let only I may only keep this up for a day a day or two. Sorry, but <laughs> I would, I would. Yeah, okay, all right. If you don't mind, in your previous finders videos, I hate to say it, but I would move them off platform too. Because I, you know, I've actually thought about that because it seems like the only things I've ever ever had problems with with strikes is either mentioning fucking COVID, you're getting into that, or getting into things associated with kids. Yeah, and the problem is, is the problem is with that is because I think and I do it myself. We start saying things that sound like fact without knowing the facts. Uh, yeah, but they they they're they're too like I you know I and then I then I think they also just don't want you talking about stuff that's true. Well, they took down my no, channel. I, mean, I had no strikes. I had no strikes. They they took it down for I quote threats of violence. That's how they've they've they knocked us off once. Our first strike was threats of violence because of ping pong. Us covering well, that. Well, Alephantis goes and strikes any video. So that, that yeah, but we didn't even get like a strike. That was just like, oh, your thing's totally down just from that. Just from yeah. one show. And yeah. then and then they did uh, do it one other time with something that involves like cult stuff. And then 
The last one, I, they, they screwed us. We covered the Kabbalah and said that there was acts of uh, violence or something being promoted in it. I was like, what? I was like, Whatever. And that canceled us. No strikes this time, knock on wood. But if you're telling me not to leave this up, I won't. So, no, yeah. I wouldn't leave this up. All right, so when it comes um, out in a few days, you you understand. Oh, 100% yeah. understand. Uh, this will drop uh, on bit you when it comes out on podcast. Uh, so Hunter Doherty, Patch Adams, um, he's a character. He's something, he's something else. So, of course, most people watch the video of the movie Patch Adams with, with uh, Robin Williams. That's not, it's loosely based off his life, but it's not really true. Um, and so when, you know, when you, um, uh, look, look into it, um, uh, it was actually one of his closest male friends that was murdered by, by a patient. Um, it was different from the movie. Um, but so a couple of things, the inner circle of the finders, and there might have been an inner circle inside that inner circle, but the inner circle of the finders, Charles Sokol calls them the cra- uh, the crazies, okay? And I think that's accurate from what I can tell, okay? And so um, the circle around that on the outer side um, was called the zanies. Um, and uh, that comes from Hunter Patch Adams' name being Dr. Zany Ramorski, okay? So they were the finders in the zanies were were very close. They were they were they were like there's no separation. Like they like very close together. Okay, like they had parties together. They hung out together. Uh, Toby Terrell writes in his book about a party that they had. You know, like they were tight. Okay, like you know that. So, um, you know, so here we go. Fires operation mo- member Toby Terrell in his book The Game Caller stated that Marion Petty received a phone call from Hunter Adams that he wants his money. He that he wants money or land to start the Gesundheit Institute. Toby also writes that Marion and Hunter have had frequent discussions over funding, uh, over funding Hunter Hunter's enterprises. Toby claimed that Hunter is determined, and Hunter says to Marion that he has no shame and that he'd beg if he had to. Marion tells Hunter to fly out to Los Angeles where the members of the fires operation were living at the time, which he does. They meet Hunter at the airport and have and then then have a gourmet picnic at Griffith Park, Griffith Park Observatory. Very interesting. Mary and Hunter have a long meeting, and Toby says the fires operation give him a deed to the mineral rights to some of the land they own in Nethers, Virginia. Okay. So then we find out that, you know, that Hunter Patch Adams was elected, um, was elected um, co-president with Carl Shapley, right, in that, in that memo. Okay. And so, like I mentioned earlier, what, what, what he, Hunter Adams writes about Goat Gate is he goes, what other evidence have they uncovered? Ritual bloodletting of the goat slaughter, uh, Patch added, on the farm, it's called Harvest. It's animal husbandry, a practice 13,000 years old, NY Patriot. Farmers traditionally include their children, particularly their milk children, in the annual fall butchering of the livestock. Met city people who think milk comes from a carton. Urbanites are often ignorant of the realities of food production. Their way of child rearing isn't mine. Yes, they're strange. Yes, they're maybe they're misguided. But there are a lot of other kinds of neglect out there. If their children have been neglected, it, ha- it wasn't meant to be neglect. They mean to give their children enriching experiences. This could be a lesson of survival. If you want to show our society is messed up, this will certainly do it. Thoughts? Well, that's, I don't know. This, uh, you really, I don't know why, but I'm just like so interested in this Patch Adams thing now. <laughs> I don't know if it's because, like, even things like, I just think that, you know, uh, William, Robin Williams has played, just like Tom Hanks, I think they have had very 
specific cult movies that they've played in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so, look at Peter Pan. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, not knocking, you know, oh. who, who knows that they're being used. Well, whoever, I'm not saying anything about Robin Williams. I just think that that's very interesting, <laughs> you know. Then another person, I think, like Tom Cruise, who has been in occult movies that people would have, you know, Tom Hanks, too. People that, like, actually, they're all great examples. People who are in movies that you would never visually think because of the way it looks could be touching on occultism. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. actually is. And I, and I do find, I do think Robin... Robin Williams is one of those actors, honestly. And the fact that he played Patch Adams is what's blowing my mind, too. And Hunter Patch Adams, you know, was a big part of the finder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, yo, come on. Imagine when I was doing this research. I've I've honestly wondered, and like, real quick, do they, they like, know this stuff? Like, do they know stories that will just never be told to us? And we're like, oh, we'll make, like, a loosely based movie off of it. Because they'll never actually, people will never know this is really going on. That's true, yeah. You know, I've wondered, it's like, stuff like this makes me think that, man. I mean, okay, so I, when I got into the Finders. Like, you know, we'll do a, a movie about this guy, but they'll never know what he was really associated with. Or really, It's just really wild. I mean, this was, okay, so what actually made me investigate it, okay, other than the tangential research, when I very first started, what made me actually look at it was when I found the article, Carl Shapley and Hunter Adams. And that article was what made me start researching this so many years ago. Because I said, Hunter Adams. Patch Adams? Because I remember watching the movie. I remember being in the movie. They played the movie in school all the time when we were growing up. You know, so I remember seeing the movie a dozen, you know, million times, you know. And watching the movie and actually thinking it was okay. It was kind of goofy, but it was fine, you know. And then I looked it up and I said, wow, that really is Hunter Patch Adams from the movie, you know? And then, so that actually started me investigating it. That's wild, man. That's a great point. It's very interesting to me. <clears throat> I have to definitely start maybe uh, just diving into that myself as well. <laughs> and here we go too. something else. Um, uh, the Finders operation took frequent trips to the Soviet Union, even during the 1980s. Hunter still leads trips to cheer kids up all over the world. Um, in 1985, Hunter Adams organized a Gesundheitnis whose first international humanitarian clown trip to Soviet Union. Gesundheitnis two clowns have returned each year to Russia, supposedly developing the basic methodology of therapeutic clowning with the Russians. Why is he again? Another, like I said, even with the, the Fellowship of Friends, and then now this cult, it just seems like a lot. I just find this Russia connection between cults like really weird. No, like it's even crazy, with huh? the fellowship of friends, like they were bringing dudes over who were basically like willing to have sex with the cult leader to get a green card. I mean, like this is like it was just weird, very weird. I think they even have like a lot of, um, you know, with the fellowship of friends, they had this they had this whole amphitheater outside that for the for the cult, and they have like a lot of musicians coming and playing there, and like a lot of them are even coming from there too. It's just like what's up with the connection to Russia and cults. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Not saying that, you know, Russia may even have anything to do with itself. Maybe they just found a, a good spot to, I don't know, conduct business. Who knows? Very weird. Is there anything else? Uh, I'm probably going to wrap it up here if there's anything okay. else, though, that you would like to mention yourself for the finders that you think is important. <laughs> Without going down, like, you know, a hole of the rabbit hole in itself. Because I can definitely have you back on again to cover more stuff. Yeah, we can talk about it again too, okay. and you can, you yeah. know you can go research stuff. 
Yeah, you know, no, I'm uh, thinking know, of doing and, that and coming back with you maybe in a month or so and just throw some more notes yeah, together. that sounds good to me. I think that would be um, fun, actually. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think if I even went through some of the stuff that I have, because there was stuff, I don't know how you are, but, like, sometimes you'll start, like, minusing little things. She's like, I don't want to draw this out or drag this out. Like, I do sometimes that with, like, the occult rejects. And then it's, like, after the fact, they'll be like, damn, like, I'll find out something new, and I'll be like, I should have put all that in. So this extra stuff that I have in my notes that I'm sure would probably really help add to it that I never used, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know if that ever happens to you when you look. Well, I have so many notes too as well that probably would never be used. That maybe they're benefit to someone else, but yeah. Um, I try to think if there's anything else. Um. I mean, next time we'll we'll talk about Barbara Marks Hubbard. Okay. All right. And her connections to the finders and the World Future Society and transhumanism. Right. Um, I think that's a pretty big thing. It gets a pretty big section of my book, like almost like thir- like 20 pages just on her alone and the oh, finders. Wow, okay. and everything. Right, so awesome. we'll probably talk about that, I would assume. Yeah, right. Well, I, I mean, we, we talked about a lot here, I think, actually, within an hour. I think we crammed in a lot of stuff, so... Yeah, I, and I thank do want to thank, you know, your and Lux's research on the finders because I did... You know, I did. You guys gave me some leads that I didn't know about. You know, um, and the thing uh, you is, know not what? everybody I, can know I everything. Probably wouldn't have continued looking into some of the stuff if it wasn't that I found you even mentioned some of their names. Because, like, you know, when I because sometimes, like for me, like like some things, it's like I almost want to at least find something else. Almost. So I like I know like maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe somebody else yeah. has thought of this before. <laughs> you know, and like I found you and George, and I was like, okay. Somebody else has missed Charles Shapley, and I think, you know, even Wiker or whatever, or whatever, and I was like, all right, uh, I'm not, like, you know, grasping at straws here when thinking these people are involved. So They're not. Yeah, they're not. No, so thank you Most for all your work I done as well, deeply involved. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I thought, too. And I, I, to tell you the truth, we were already two or three shows in when I found that stuff, so, like, that it was even something I skimped myself because I was like, it's just going to turn into five, six episodes now. So, you know, thank you for coming on and even... Thank you very much, my Patriot. It's been a pleasure. Um, I guess one last thing is you can look into uh, Mankind Research Unlimited. I think you might like that avenue. Uh, and Carl Schleichler and uh, the Curlian Photography and the, their connections to the finders. Um, you might be able to dig up something that okay. maybe I missed with All that. Right. So um, That sounds fun. Then. That might be another avenue. But thank you for having me on. Of Take course, care, everybody. Man. Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah, thank you, everybody who uh, jumped in. At, oh. Damn, he left already. Damn, okay. <laughs> I guess I don't even have to worry about plugging in, plugging his show. But, uh, yeah, that was, um, that was we've read the documents. Um, go check him out. He's got his links in the bottom. My links are in the bottom. The new uh, Twitter's link's in the bottom. Uh, the Element link, definitely check out the Element server. Before, we were doing watch parties, Twin, Twin Peaks watch parties that we were trying to do. Uh, every Friday or so, and I think when that's over, we might move on to other things as well. So check that out. We do try to do things as a group. We got multiple shows in there, multiple channels for tons of different things to talk about. So check out the Element server, and uh, yeah, that is it. Thank you all. Thank Bad Goy. Thank Helen. Thank you, uh, PK, and everybody else who jumped into the live. I know uh, I kind of went at a, like a weird time, and I normally don't do that well. Uh, with people jumping in or people being able to uh, check out the show, but a decent amount of you did. So thank you. That is what's up. That's why I try to do it. And until the next one, everybody be well. Later.